Welcome back to AIR Informs, a podcast series about the different ways the coronavirus pandemic is impacting our lives and how we are dealing with the challenges it presents, brought to you by the American Institutes for Research. School districts across the country have closed their doors to help stem the spread of the coronavirus. That means there are millions of students who are learning at home. In many cases, school districts are providing some learning opportunities that students can engage in remotely, but these are being supplemented in great part by out-of-school time programs and workers. And for those parents who can't work from home, such as first responders and healthcare providers, out-of-school time programs are continuing to provide opportunities for learning and development and much-needed childcare, all while complying with local policies and social distancing practices. Our guest is Dr. Deborah Maroney. She serves as the director of the Youth Development and Supportive Learning Environments Practice Area at AIR. Her research and practice experience is in social and emotional learning and youth development. Dr. Maroney leads local and national implementation studies in partnership with youth development leaders, and she provides technical assistance to after-school system builders. She joined us from her home in Chicago, where she is working while her teenage boys are out of school. She's also being kept company by her cockapoo, Lucy, who you will likely hear moving around during the interview. Deb, just so we're on the same page, can you give us a quick definition of what out-of-school time is and, and what kind of providers we're talking about? Dana, that's a great question. Um, well, out-of-school time is two things, right? It's what all of us are doing now for the most part. It's just not being in school. So a lot of young people are at home right now with family members or, or other caregivers. But there's also a field of out-of-school time, and that field includes after-school programs, summer programs, clubs and sports, really anything structured that a young person participates in. And incidentally, nonprofit organizations who typically support out-of-school time programming are comprised of about 12 million individuals throughout the country. So it's not a small workforce. So the coronavirus outbreak has really forced schools and school districts around the country to close to help promote social distancing. But it raises the question of how do kids keep learning and growing even when they're not in school? Many schools are providing some materials, even some online learning, but it seems like out-of-school time providers are really playing a big role. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Dana, they're playing a huge role. So for many families uh, who have essential jobs or services, they're still going to work. And so young people are going to community-based programs. They're going to spiritual institutions that are still op opening their doors to them. And it is the out-of-school time workforce and childcare workers, really, who are staffing those programs. Are there any specific examples of programs that are doing a great job? Yeah, I'd love to use some examples from my own city here in Chicago. As many of you probably know, Illinois has a statewide shelter-in-place order, and we've seen some really tremendous examples like the Chicago Park District, which is remaining open during the week so that families who have essential jobs can have their young people go to those programs and continuing to learn and develop. A lot of these programs are having to learn from online resources what to do in these situations. They don't have potentially the same protections that healthcare workers and other essential workers have in dealing with the general population. We've also seen really great programs like teen programs close, but they're still continuing to pay their workers, like After School Matters here in Chicago, who recognizes that their 
workers wages really go back into the community and wanted to keep doing that and those workers are keeping in touch with their teen participants through videos and online interactions so people are stepping up in super creative ways I think that's something that's really important to remember is that there are national organizations and statewide organizations too supporting those local programs so the after school alliance for example has banded together with the National After School Association, and they've put out great resources for local programs to better understand what they can do in this current environment. And then statewide uh, systems and affiliate leaders like Schools Out Washington are hosting weekly webinars for after school professionals so they can talk about what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So we're really seeing folks respond at the state, local, and national level. And it looks like people are having some fun with it, too. I mean, uh, I think there's a a pretty famous penguin over in Chicago as well, right? (laughs) Yeah, there's a band of penguins, actually, Dana. If you look at uh, some of the resources coming out of our museums and zoos, we're seeing a band of touring penguins at the Shedd Aquarium. You can go on Instagram and follow them around the museum. So uh, hopefully all of the online resources are really uh, helping both out-of-school time professionals and families uh, you know, learn and grow during this really trying time. So as, as a parent, I'll say it is impressive how many online options there are out there for students to learn and how many are being developed in real time. That's been very impressive, but it's also a little bit overwhelming. Um, where would you suggest people start if they want to supplement what might be coming from their school, but doing so in a way that they don't get so overwhelmed by the options? Yeah, I'm feeling the same way as a parent, Dana. There's a lot of great stuff going coming out, and it's really encouraging, but it can be overwhelming. I would first suggest go to your trusted local resources, your the website of your local library, uh, of your local cultural institutions, and if those don't have curated lists on there, you know, go to other uh, you know large library systems, for example, like uh, the New York City Public Library System or Los Angeles Public Library System. They're going to have really great curated resources for young people by age um, and certainly cultural institutions like the the Shedd Aquarium that we mentioned. After our conversation, Dr. Maroney provided some helpful links for those who are looking for more information and resources. We will add those links to the show notes, which you can see on our website, www.air.org. You can also learn more in a book that Dr. Maroney co-authored with two other AIR experts, David Osher and Sandra Williamson. The book, Creating Safe, Equitable, Engaging Schools, provides an evidence-based approach to supporting students in their learning and development. Learn more about the book and Dr. Maroney's work on the AIR website. Thank you for listening to this episode of AIR Informs. Until next time, be safe and take care.